first things we started to start our years off with. Like in the beginning, when we first were teaching, we would just do all about me projects or tell us about your favorite color, your favorite animal. And as we started to really dig into our social studies work, we realized that in order to get our students, especially at these younger ages, to care about the cultures of others and respect them, they needed to know about their own culture and respect their cultures first. Welcome to the Teacher Goals Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators. And I'm so excited to collaborate with Teacher Goals to bring you a weekly show that equips educators with best practices and actionable strategies to achieve success in the classroom and foster a more connected and empowered school community. Here, we learn by engaging in honest discussions with innovative teachers, administrators, and educational leaders. Are you ready to achieve your teacher goals? Of course you are, so you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Ask any student and they will tell you that they love to be celebrated. Often we celebrate them for their academic success, we celebrate their behavior, we even celebrate their attendance. But in today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to celebrate their culture. And yes, every single student has a culture that can be celebrated. Tune in to find out how. Welcome to episode 10 of the Teacher Goals Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators. And as always, I am overjoyed that you are rocking with me and spending some time with me today. I want to personally invite you to join us on the Teacher Goals Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn channels because every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we record these episodes live and it gives you an opportunity to engage with our guests and ask any question. I would love to meet you and be able to learn more about you and your teacher goals. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Naomi O'Brien from Read Like a Rockstar. She is an elementary educator who is here today sharing tips and strategies on how you can recognize and celebrate your students' culture right there in your classroom by embedding these strategies in your lessons. I'm super excited to share this interview with you, so we're going to dive right in. I am going to rewind, take you back to episode one, the very first episode of the Teacher Goals podcast. We had Lanisha Tab here who we talked about her book, Unpack Your Impact, and we continue to talk about her co-author who wasn't with us at the time, but I am super excited to bring her here tonight. Uh, Naomi O'Brien from Read Like a Rockstar. She has a wealth of knowledge to share and I'm super excited. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her up right now. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you? 
I am great, and we are super excited to have you. And so I've already kind of shared with our audience that we've talked about the book a little bit before with Lanisha, but now we get a whole new perspective. Um, and so I'm super excited to just dive into our conversation tonight. But before we do, uh, just in case this is someone's first introduction to you, kind of tell us about who you are, what, you know, what was your role in education? And how did you get here? How did you get to the place where we're now talking about your book? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Naomi O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Orlando, Florida, but I'm currently living in LA right now. And I started out in education about 10 years ago. And I've always been a primary teacher, like K through two. I have worked with up to fifth grade, but K through two is my sweet spot, especially just kindergarten and first grade, because I love teaching kids how to read. And I feel like I do that very well. So that was my role for a really long amount of time. And around like year five, year six, Lanisha actually kind of slid into my DMs with this idea of starting to put out social studies curriculum. And as soon as she said it, it was like, yeah, why didn't I ever think of this? Because I was always complaining about the lack of social studies curriculum that we had or the way that it was being presented to students. But I never tried to do anything about it. And it was like, yeah, let's write this, you know, social studies program that doesn't exist at this level, especially. And we just started to create resources together from like she was in Indiana. I was in Colorado at the time. And we just started to build this social studies empire together. And we started to share a lot about it on social media. And it really started to resonate with a lot of teachers, even up to middle and high school teachers were saying, These are the kind of lessons that we wish our students had before they got to us, or some of our students need this right now. And these were lessons that we were planning for kindergarten and first grade students. So it really just started to resonate with people. Our platforms really started to grow. Also along those times, you know, like political things were happening and we just started to be very more outspoken about diversity and representation and accurate history lessons needed in the classroom because of like, look at our country right now. And like, this is why this is happening. So just between all of that and the work we were doing is when we decided to really was Lanisha saying, we need to write a book about this. And I was like, who's going to read this book? Like, we don't need to write a book about this. This is just this little thing we're doing in our classroom. But really, when we took a step back and saw how how wide it had grown and how many people were impacted and really could benefit from it. We're like, yeah, let's write this book and share our story and hopefully inspire other people to do similar things in their classroom. So that is kind of my story. (laughs) Yes. And I love it. I'm definitely inspiring people to do great things in their classroom. Tonight, we're going to really focus in and dive deep on how to celebrate culture, how to recognize and really celebrate that culture. But before we get there, I do want to kind of just talk about Unpack Your Impact. Like you said, you know, she reached out to you like, come on, let's write this book. And you all did it. So kind of tell us, like, how does the book that you wrote differ from all of those other books out there on the same topic? I think it really differs because there was just really nothing like this out there. A lot of the lessons that are out there around culture or social studies in the classroom, they're sticking to those same old stories. Like they're talking about George Washington in a positive light. They're sharing the same narrative about MLK. You know, he had a dream. His dream was realized. Yay, racism is over. And we wanted to be different. Like we would seek out resources like that and then make sure that we were doing the opposite or make sure that we were telling an untold story that wasn't widely talked about um, in the education sphere. Um, We wanted to get new resources out there, not just recreate more of the same. So I really feel like that's what made us 
stand apart. And it was refreshing. Like so many educators, hundreds, thousands of educators have reached out via DM or after conferences to share that they and their students used to hate social studies. And now they felt revived. Their passion was back. It was their favorite time of the day because they were real and honest lessons. Like there's so many educators are like, I didn't even know this. Like I'm learning right along with my students as you all are sharing these lessons made for primary kids. And I didn't even learn this when I was in school. So I feel like that's what makes us stand apart because it's, it's different and we were trying to be different and it's new and it's a refreshing perspective. Yes, I love it. And so in the book, you are really um, revolutionized, like the way you teach social studies. And you've kind of talked about it tonight um, already in your responses. But I want to go more into specific strategies. And so as we think about how we're using these lessons to really, you know, recognize and celebrate culture right there in our classroom, can you kind of just walk us through like what it looks like? Maybe give us like an example of how we can do that as teachers. How can we recognize and celebrate culture? Yeah, for sure. So that is one of the first things we started to start our years off with. Like in the beginning, when we first were teaching, we would just do all about me projects or tell us about your favorite color, your favorite animal. And as we started to really dig into our social studies work, we realized that in order to get our students, especially at these younger ages, to care about the cultures of others, and respect them, they needed to know about their own culture and respect their cultures first and find out like, yeah, this is important to me. This is important to my family and my community. So now, even though it's not the same, I can understand why this other thing might be important to somebody else or sacred to somebody else even. So we started doing these culture cases and culture units at the beginning of the year where we defined what culture was and we had them explore their own cultures. And we wanted to dig deeper than just what food do you eat at home? Because I think a lot of times when we hear culture, we just think, what country are you from? What language do you speak? What food do you eat? And we really started to break it down that it's it's more than just the food that you eat. It's how was the food prepared? What was the food seasoned with? Where did you eat it? Who did you eat it with? What utensils did you use or not use? Are you using a fork? Are you using chopsticks? Do you use fingers in your culture? And just to like really express to our students that culture is literally everything. It's the way that you do things in your home. And we've come across so many educators and they're usually white educators that will say, well, I don't have culture. I'm white or my students are all white. They don't have cultures like this wouldn't work in my classroom. And it's like white or not, like no one in your classroom goes home and does everything the exact same way at the exact Mm -hmm. same time. You do have culture. You have you may have the dominant culture. So you feel like you don't have a culture because it's not exotic but you have a culture. Everyone does their own thing in their own way. And that makes you who you are. When you walk into that classroom, you bring that culture with you. It's, you know, it's why we have some behavior problems because the teacher is expecting the kids to know her classroom culture and they may be bringing in their cultures from home where it is okay to speak without raising your hand or it is okay to get kind of hype. And it's not seen as aggression where in the classroom, someone else's culture may take it that way. So getting to know our students in that way first And then kind of using that to frame the year, using that to decide what kind of books we were going to be bringing in to either reflect their cultures if they were not the dominant culture or to be a window into the culture of others if they were the dominant culture, like kind of seeing where they may have needed to learn a little bit more about somebody else because it wasn't reflected in the classroom. So that's just kind of how we started off and just getting them to really understand what culture is, that they do have culture, even if they've never talked about it or named it. And then how that's connected to everybody else around them and people like in other countries that you'll never even meet have cultures and things that are important to them as well. 
And it's important for us to learn about it, respect it, get to know it, all that good stuff. Yes, I love the way you highlighted that everyone has a culture, even if your culture is dominant, like every person has culture and it deserves to be celebrated. And one way we can celebrate it is through books. So you talked about, you know, really being thoughtful about the books that you choose, um, especially in those early elementary years. And so Guys, let me just let you in on a little tidbit secret. Uh, We always get on early and we chit chat ahead of time. And so uh, as we were chatting, Naomi let me in on uh, a secret, I guess, that I'm about to just share. uh, That she has a picture book coming out, Michael's Big Question. So kind of tell us about that. I know it ties in uh, with this whole culture piece. So kind of just tell us about it. I'm super excited to learn. Yeah, it is kind of a secret. I kind of like did a little sneak peek yesterday on Instagram, but it hasn't been announced yet. Um, It's something that I've been working on since October 2021, but we've just finalized like the cover and we're picking the font size right now. So it's so close to being done. I'm so excited. Um, But yeah, it's called Micah's Big Question, and it's kind of modeled after my son and I, because my son and I are constantly having questions or conversations about race, diversity, representation, you know, affirming him as a young black boy and also talking to him, starting to have those conversations about what might happen, what racism might feel like or sound like and what he can do if it happens. So I wanted to write a book about that because that is another thing that people are always coming to me for on social media, because sometimes I've shared our conversations and so many people have said like, this helped me navigate a conversation with my own child. And it's children from all d- different backgrounds. I was like, I want to write a book about this. So it's called Micah's Big Question. And it's a curious kid who's just like my son. He's asking his mom, which skin color is the best skin color? And the mom asks, well, why did you ask that? And he says, well, I've heard stuff at school, but also none of the lessons at school have people that look like me. None of the superheroes look like me. So I'm starting to get the feeling that one skin color is best. And this is sadly even modeled after a real life situation where my son did say like, I feel like white skin is the best skin. And like, that's what's everywhere. And it's in all the TV shows. And even as much as I thought I was doing a good job, like making sure our library is diverse and being mindful of the shows we watch and making sure like, and it can be hard to like not find only white cartoons, especially in like when they're really young, he still got that vibe, you know, after he started going to school. So in the book, the mom kind of like affirms him and lets him know what representation is and lets him know that it's okay to feel that way. But here's why our skin is amazing. And um, I love like the ending because I just try to use these really powerful words of like, our skin is resistance, our skin is resilience, it's persistence. And I kind of defined at the end what I meant with every adjective that I chose. Mm -hmm. And at the end, the boy, he feels confident. He walks into school proud and he's saying he knows what he's going to say the next time someone makes him feel like his skin is the problem. And he knows that he doesn't need to change. It's the other people that need to change their thinking. So I just feel like it'll help people have powerful conversations. I even put like a little guide at the back for caregivers to navigate these conversations at home with their own children and give them some starting questions to use. I absolutely love everything about it. Definitely cannot wait to share it with my little one personally. And I know our teachers um, can't wait as well. And one thing I just have to say, I know a lot of people, you know, that listen to the podcast, that join us every week are interested like in becoming authors or, you know, starting their own businesses as educators. And I've just been so inspired tonight because number one, like, I mean, you could partner up like across the country, like even sharing that story of how you partnered up 
But then you took a real life situation with your son and turned it into a whole book. And so I know people always think like you have to write a book or start your business on something that's just really unique, but it really is taking your own experiences Mm -hmm. and turning it into something that can be shared with the world. So that's just personally very inspiring to me. So thank you so much for sharing that. And so last but not least, anytime, you know, we've talked about ways tonight to celebrate culture, to recognize and really recognize that in your classroom. But anytime, you know, we as educators try to do a good thing or, you know, make an effort to celebrate culture, it comes with challenges. And so when you think about like the challenges that a teacher might face when, you know, really trying to recognize and celebrate culture, what what challenge might they face and what can they do to overcome it? Yeah. I mean, I think you can, especially in this climate, you can definitely get pushback from admin, other coworkers, or even the caregivers of your own students. I know I personally, when I was doing some of my lessons in the classroom, I had um, a grandmother request that her student not be present for the lessons because she didn't want her to be more clear. The grandparent was white. This, the granddaughter was black. And She was like, I don't want her to hear these lessons. She is going to start to dislike me. I'm not comfortable with it. And I don't want her in the social studies lessons. Um, So I stand on the fact that like, I'm not in the classroom indoctrinating anybody. You know, I'm sharing accurate stories from history. So I feel confident in what I'm teaching. Like Lanisha and I were never like, we're not closing the door and secretly teaching our students and trying to sneak these lessons in. We are confidently sharing these lessons because it's accurate history. A lot of the conversation is just put back on the kids. Like we're presenting you with these facts and then you guys can have discussions about what you think about it. And thankfully student, I feel like most children are very justice oriented. They're very, you know, clear on what's white, what's right, what's wrong, what's fair, what's not fair. So they would have very powerful discussions that we wouldn't put our bias into it. We wouldn't, we would never put our opinion in it. We just let them like, here's the facts. Here's what people went through. What do you all think about it? So I invited the grandma in. I was like, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with you. It was like just the same way that I wouldn't allow her to miss a reading lesson or I wouldn't allow the grandma to pull her out of a math lesson. Like she needs her social studies lessons as well. So like, please come in and have a conversation. And it's the same thing that I told her. And I even told her, you're welcome to come in and sit in on our social studies lessons and give your input. I was like, or, you know, with some of the conversations we're talking about, you were probably around during those times. So if you want to talk about what you were doing during those times and let the kids, you know, hear your perspective, we can do that too. I was like, but these lessons are needed. It was actually a lesson about Ruby Bridges that she didn't want her to hear. I was like, this is a story that is going to benefit her. It's, it's meant to be inspiring. And um, if you're taking it as an attack on you, like, I mean, I can't change your feelings, but it's meant to be inspiring. This is an actual story that actually happened and the impact is still being felt today. So yeah. these are important things that I feel like our students need to know about. And after that conversation, she was fine with it. Um, and she continued to like let her move forward. And I actually looped up with that class and the grandmother requested me for her teacher the next year. So <laughs> I'm all about like being direct and like, no, let's come in and let's have a conversation before you yeah. just make assumptions about what's happening or not happening in the classroom. And just being very clear about what's being taught. I also like to get ahead of it um, when I was in the classroom with newsletters. Like, hey, it's this history month. It's heritage month for Irish people. Or it's Arab heritage month. It's Asian heritage month. Here's what we're going to be talking about. The struggles and the accomplishments continue the conversation at home. So it was never a secret. 
for a surprise um, right. at all. Absolutely. I love it. And one thing I heard you say um, is just the rich conversations that students are able to have through these lessons. So in addition to that, what other teacher goals, uh, this is the Teacher Goals podcast, so what other goals can teachers be able to achieve by applying the principles that you shared tonight? I think they can just achieve like better relationships with caregivers. Like when you are open and honest and you're just keeping those doors like of conversation flowing and just always be willing to have those powerful conversations and I think they'll be able to confidently go into their classrooms and do what they feel like they need to do. Like when you have a good why and your why isn't like, I want to indoctrinate these kids. Like no one's out there doing that, you know, it's like, no, I want them. Like when your why is I want students to celebrate culture. I want students to know about the world. I want students to have honest history lessons so they can learn from the past and be better, you know, global citizens. Then that's going to just drive you to do the right thing and hopefully end up in the right place. Awesome. Awesome. And so for people that want to continue the conversation with you or continue to learn with you, tell us where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at read like a rock star teaching. It used to just be read like a rock star and I switched platforms. It got way too big and some people were a little bit overwhelming, but I was like, I need a smaller platform again, just so I can be more focused and go on a, a path that I felt comfortable going on. But read like a rock star teaching on Instagram. And also um, I have a website, which is read like a rock star teaching.com. Well, thank you so much. Um, I know I learned a lot. I know everyone that joined us tonight has learned a whole lot. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me. There were so many breakthroughs that happened during the Q&A that followed this interview that I am super excited to hear and learn about how you have recognized or will recognize and celebrate culture in your classroom. So be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Let us know how these episodes are helping you to achieve your teacher goals. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I want you to know that we truly value you. We value your hard work and we appreciate all that you're doing as an educator. Thank you for joining us and I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Teacher Goals podcast. Here are three ways that you can engage with us and join an amazing community of educators. First, Subscribe to the show in whatever platform you're tuning in on. Second, be sure to follow us and join the Teacher Goals Connected School Communities Facebook group so that you never miss our live recordings and the opportunity to engage in a live Q&A with our weekly guests. Last but certainly not least, I'd love to hear your favorite tip from today's show. Leave a review or snap a pic and create a post tagging at Teacher Goals and me at Healthy Wealthy Educators so that we can check out all of the great things that you're doing to achieve your teacher goals. Teacher Goals and Teacher Heart Out is sponsoring a 2023 Bahamas cruise open to all educators. Guests such as spouses, family, and friends are also welcome to attend. There is an amazing lineup of speakers, and you can book your PD at sea now by putting down a $200 deposit. Attend the Sail Away Party Thursday, July 6th in Port Canaveral at 6 p.m. in preparation for Cruising Friday. You will return Monday, July 10th at 8 a.m. Scan the QR code now to sign up. You don't want to miss it.